Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. All right, it's time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Good morning. So let's start with the uh, province's densification plan and the and the backlash against it here. I just spoke to, uh, uh, I thought, a very articulate young city councillor from Langley Township about his concerns, right? Michael yeah. Pratt, I'll play a clip of him here in a moment, where he's saying that the province trying to force us to allow fourplexes and sixplexes to be built in these single-family neighbourhoods. We don't have the infrastructure here. We don't have the transit services. We don't have the fire department services. Yeah, and so- this is a growing backlash. So I talked to Surrey Mayor Brenda Locke here in the hallway uh, a couple of days ago. She's over here talking about housing. And she made a, some very reasonable points about how Surrey and Langley um, and some of the outlying areas of the on the valley uh, have green fields where there's not been anything. And she pointed out they're expected, Surrey's expected to build housing in places where there's no hydro. Yeah. You know, so uh, no sewer lines. Yeah. Uh, who's going to bear the cost of that? Uh, hydro's notoriously, you want hydro, you're going to have to pay f- significant for it. It's, yeah. it's just not a, a monthly bill. It's, it's the infrastructure, which is quite expensive. So a lot of these, not a lot, but, but the, certain municipalities who don't have this infrastructure in place yeah. to uh, service and densification, I think, have a pretty good case to make. And you got Mike Harcourt now, the former NDP premier. He's got an op-ed piece in the Vancouver Sun today making the same argument. One size cannot fit all yeah it has to be different which makes me think that i think at the end of the day there's going to be a bit of leeway here um the bill uh wants municipalities to do this and it does provide a a ministerial overreach override yes but it doesn't require the minister to do that i'll be surprised if ravi kalon reaches over the heads of langley council and and changes that that community plan that they've got Mm. that has been in the works uh, you know, there's going to be some political um, face-offs here, and I'll be surprised if the government really, at the end of the day, steps over municipalities and greatly alters their, their already existing plans. Okay, let's have a listen to Michael Pratt here. Now, this is a Langley Town- Township City Councillor, and he was just speaking to me a short time ago about his concerns, what the province is doing here. Here's what he had to say, and then I'll get your thoughts. We know oh. developers will develop and builders will build. And so if we approve a single family subdivision for 20 lots, and all of a sudden now they have the ability to build four units on each lot, that seriously impacts our projections. Now, that might be the the intention of the province that I don't think the province really has come to terms with. And I don't think that they know exactly what's the impact they're gonna have on municipalities like ours. So Langley's very interesting. And again, you got we're going into an election year. Yeah. The NDP had a historic breakthrough in 2020 and winning both seats in Langley, winning a seat in Langley for the first time in its history. It was a it was a major breakthrough in that area. Now Langley's getting a third seat because of redistribution. Langley is very much in play politically, uh, and you've got Surrey as well. So everybody talks you when know, we talk about Surrey policing and that's the big issues in Surrey are housing and s- schools. Mm. And in Langley, if housing is going to be the big issue here. Does Ravi Kalan and the government really want to pick a fight 
with a council over what their neighborhoods are going to look like in an election year, mm. I'd be surprised if that happens. Oh, that's a great point. And it, does it provide an opening for someone like Kevin Falcon and BC United to say, don't let this, we, we'll stand up to this province trying to push this community around here? Yep, and I think that's that could very well be one of the again on a riding by riding basis one of the key yeah. election issues is Langley is a has become critically important on the political uh, equation. Uh, yeah. Never was before. It was always a given. It was the BC Liberal riding or social credit riding. The fact the NDP won there both seats and now has a chance to win a third seat um, makes that Langley to be listened to from the NDP for the first time ever. Right. And as you mentioned, there's discretion for the housing minister in this bill that they've introduced to this plan. So it's saying it's saying like it's not saying that you must allow this or I'm going to force you to do it. He has the authority to force municipalities to allow all this density, but he doesn't, but have, he doesn't to have to do it. Right. He's got discretion. Yeah, yeah I, I still think it's um, it's a stick that doesn't have to be wielded. Yeah. And I'll be surprised in election year. I just don't think you're going to see a minister. Start picking fights with municipalities. What do you think of Harcourt weighing in on this? Yeah, well, Harcourt's, uh, you know, he's got, that's his post-politics career, is planning, yeah. urban planning. Um, and, of course, when he was mayor, uh, that's a big part of his whole background. So he's come in and, and making the argument one size cannot fit all, yeah. uh, that it doesn't work. Um, and the fact he's a former NDP premier, again, makes me think, I don't think the government's going to hit a pause button on this legislation, but I don't think they're going to be the big stick bearers that I think may have been the impression some weeks ago. Okay, interesting. Let's talk about this poll that came out this week and more bad news for Justin Trudeau. And so this is the poll that says three quarters of Canadians want Trudeau to resign. And And it includes a significant number of liberals, right? 33% of liberal voters want him to leave. This is an Ipsos poll done for Global News. Um, yeah, more bad news for Trudeau. So the Liberals are, are trailing badly in every province except Quebec and Atlantic Canada. Yeah. In in uh, B.C., I think the Conservatives have a 48 to 24 um, advantage, which means not only does the Liberals' seats uh, in jeopardy in B.C., the NDP seats in, ND, in B.C. are in jeopardy to a, to a, a Tory wave. Uh, so you look at, uh, historically, the, remember the old Reform Party used to win the seats on Vancouver Island. Yes. Um, used to win at Squamalt, they won North Island, Mid-Island. Uh, that's, those are all NDP seats now? Those are NDP what? seats. Yeah. Yeah. And they could easily become flip over to uh, the Tri-City seats, NDP. That's why you see Paulie I've spending time up there at yeah. town halls. Well, you got like 1,500 people in Duncan or 2,000. Yeah. Um, in a small town like that, absolutely jammed hall. I've, I was the NDP. I'd be worried about my seats in BC just as the Liberals should be. For, for sure. Let's listen to pollster Daryl Bricker here about this poll. Canadians want Trudeau to quit. Have a listen. They created the, the party of Justin Trudeau, and they're going to live or die by that. They certainly have lived uh, reasonably well over the space of the last eight years, but the other, uh, the other conclusion, the other outcome is the one in which they're defeated because they are the party of Justin Trudeau, and that's where they are today. Okay. One of the, the strategies here that we're seeing employed by the Liberals right now to sort of fight back against this Polyev wave is to try and paint him as Canada's Donald Trump, right? Mm-hmm. So I heard uh, Trudeau in the House of Commons the other day saying, accusing Polyev of using mag, bringing MAGA-style politics, Trump-style politics to Canada. Yeah. And you're hearing this a lot, like a lot of Liberal MPs are out there, social media, stuff they're saying in public, comparing Polyev to Trump. So listen to Liberal MP Adam Van Coverden here. Now, this was after the Conservatives 
voted against a free trade agreement, uh, an enhanced free trade agreement with Ukraine, of course, in, uh, currently at war with Russia, as we all know. And listen to how this liberal MP frames that here. Have a listen. Canada's support for Ukraine should have been unanimous in this House. But just like Donald Trump, the leader of the Conservatives is cozying up to Russian dictator Vladimir Putin. Well, I mean, that's going to be the tactic. You're going to be hearing a lot of that. Does that um, work? Is that effective? Well, look at that Ipsos poll. No, it's yeah. not effective. <laughs> I mean, a six, that, in that poll, they were a 16-point lead up from, I think, 12 points. Yeah. So it's going the other way right now. Um, I mean, Poliev was... Uh, Quite uh, strongly criticized. Global Mail had an editorial blasting him last week, saying this is a terrible week for Pierre Poliev. And Poliev is sometimes the author of his own misfortune. I mean, he's ignoring the adage, the old political adage, if a government's falling, just get out of the way. Yeah. And he continues to he picks this fight with Canadian press reporter. Or, and it turns out he was completely wrong in, in what uh, framing his, uh, his the uh, bombing on that bridge in um, in Niagara Falls. Well, it wasn't a bombing. It was, it wasn't a, a, bombing. Car, it was a car explosion. Car he, explosion. Saw, he attributed it as a terrorism attack when Fox News had said that saying CTV had reported that. CTV had not reported that, uh, but blasting the Canadian press report. But what's your point? So your point there is that when he does this sort of fighting with reporters and media scrums and calling them out and being and really going after individual reporters, that, that's kind of a Trump a Trump style well, tactic. A, it, it plays into the criticism that it's yeah. a Trump style tactic. He doesn't yeah. need to do that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't need to do some of the things he does um, when he's coasting along. Obviously, there's a lot of uh, support for that side of the the equation. He doesn't need to get into that type of of uh, behavior. He's already won over that part of the party yeah, base. Exactly. <laughs> he doesn't need to appeal he to them. He need any... to solidify his base. He's got his base. He's got his, he's his fine. base. They're not going anywhere. Uh, there had been, you know, some people thought he was trying to placate the People Party voters. Well, that Ipsos poll, guess where the People Party is at? One percent. Oh, I mean, they're not they're they're nothing. They're nowhere. He doesn't need to worry about them. He's got to worry about the center right. And right now he's got a stranglehold on that. He doesn't have to get into this stuff and play into any liberal attack that it equates him with a Trump style politician yeah. because uh, he doesn't do that as much as he used to. I mean, back when he was running for leader and, and you know, the World Economic Forum and Fire the Bank of Canada and, and Bitcoin, all these weird things, yeah. he doesn't talk about that anymore because no. he doesn't need to, Yeah, right? Yeah. He's, he's got a stranglehold on the electorate right now. Yeah, yeah. Baldry's Beat, let's go right to your phone calls. Tim and Kamloops. Hi, Tim, go ahead. Yeah, hi. A couple of questions I wanted to ask. Do you think that Polyev can maintain this lead until 2025 if the agreement still continues? And if he's going to badmouth Quebec, uh, does he not uh, risk uh, electing more bloc? And what if he had a minority government? Who's he going to rely on to help him out? Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, good, all good points. So, yeah, the, one area of the province I mentioned where the Liberals are still competitive is Quebec. Yeah. It's, and the Conservatives are nowhere there. So they're not. So any majority government of Poliev is, is a little shaky without Quebec. Yeah. He really has to run the table uh, elsewhere because Atlantic Canada is still pretty strong for Liberals. Uh, and there's just not enough seats west of Toronto yeah. to necessarily make a majority government. And then the caller's point of a minority that's a very good point. Yeah. Um, he can't government with a minority, I don't well, think. Well, we'll see. Well, I mean, he do Harper deal? was able to do that. Um, w- will he cut a deal with the bloc? 
Yeah. Uh, or would the NDP? He's going to get in bed with the separatists? Well, Wait a minute. Would the NDP? Uh, you know, one one thing Pollster uh, Daryl Burke points out, <clears throat> the liberals have been in such free fall. They have to be concerned if they don't become the third place party. Yeah. The NDP is, you know, hanging around at 20, 22 percent. They're not actually, their vote is not eroding. It's the liberal vote that's eroding. Some of it's going to the NDP and some of it's going to, to the conservatives. Yeah. But it would be a fascinating situation if, if Poliev were to win the most seats but not a minority. And would Trudeau still try to govern? Ooh. As we saw here in BC in 2017, where Christy Clark uh, won the most seats but didn't have a majority. She tried to govern. People may forget this, but she called the House back. We had a throne speech. She, we had question period for a week. They tried to, to introduce legislation. It was blocked every time by, by the opposition. So she wasn't able to govern, but she was able to call the House back. If the Greens had decided to vote, uh, side with Christy Clark back yes. then, she would have still been the premier. Yeah. For a number of years. Yeah. And it's conceivable Trudeau uh, doesn't win anywhere near the seats that Poliev does. But if Poliev doesn't have a majority, does, Poliev, does uh, Trudeau call the House back and try to continue on with well, keep, keep doing the NDP and then block? Right. Do another deal with Jagmeet yeah. Singh, maybe. I don't think that's going to happen. I think mm. I think right now it's shaping up to be a conservative majority. But yeah. the caller's right. It's still a long time. That's a long time. Election. Two yeah. years. Yeah. Who knows? Anything can happen. Yeah. Chris and Langley. Hi, Chris. Go ahead. Hey, guys, I'm just curious on your guys' narrative, um, you know, like before when Justin Trudeau was favorable in the polls, it wasn't just not too long ago, you guys would constantly say, well, yeah, you know, Polio's too far, right? He needs to kind of come to the center. Reality is, is he said all these things. So, you know, I give an example. Adrian Dix had this issue with uh, uh, the, the, the fair gate or whatever. That was brought up constantly. It was something in the past, but it was constantly brought up as a narrative to put 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 an image on this guy. Whereas Poliev now, he's come away from the, the far right, the nationalists. He was with the truckers' convoy, the anti-vaxxers, uh, the Bitcoin, the fire of the Bank of Canada. Why isn't all that mentioned every time you say that guy's name? It's not. It's Now it's, it's all the, the, the center talking points that are they're helping him win against Trudeau, so to speak. But he's still that guy. He still represents all those things. He's never walked any of those things back. Just because he doesn't say sure. those things... And yeah. maybe he won't do those things doesn't mean he didn't say those things or he couldn't do those things. Yeah. So those things should be heavily focused on. It seems to me, it reminds me of like Fox uh, with Trump. Trump was heavily against you guys at the media. This guy's against your colleagues. And it was Fox that constantly uh, backed uh, Trump up, even though he, the narrative was against the media. So I'm just, I don't understand this relationship, how he can be so against you guys and your colleagues and you guys can't fight back. And push back about against this guy harder. Okay, thank you. <clears throat> Your thoughts? Well, I mean, you rely on the uh, the political opposition or the counterparts to make that argument. You know, we're not running for election here. Uh, so, and back to your point, Mike, of the liberals trying to paint him as a Donald Trump like person. Well, that's what the liberals are going to do for the next two years. They're going to they're going to bring up the trucker convoy. They're going to bring up the anti-vaxxers. They're sure. going to bring up the Bitcoin. And, that, and that's what they're going to throw at them. And there will be increased media scrutiny of Polyev and his policies, rightly so, about, you know, he's talking about balancing the budget. Yeah. His lack of policies. Ba- balancing the budget, cutting spending. What exactly would you cut? Yeah, he, he hasn't explained a lot of this stuff. He, he talks in nice talking points about getting rid of the gatekeepers, reaching over the heads of municipalities. Um, but uh, we haven't seen a lot of detail. 